Good evening, good morning, good night. Good afternoon. Yes. <laughs> Lee and I have our whiskeys, and we are sitting here now to record a podcast. After and like three months. After almost three months. Um, it's going to be a good one. But don't get too excited because we're only having one whiskey. <laughs> we haven't had mm-hmm. any before this, so right. it's not yeah. going to be mm-hmm. that good. <laughs> um, so anyways, last time we recorded was um, October <clears throat> of 2022. It is January 18th of 2023 right now. So uh, we've had a few things happen since then. Mm-hmm. Birthday, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, New Year's. Who cares about New Year's? Mm-hmm. Our anniversary, school. Anniversary. Asher started school. So let's jump We've into it. got some stuff to cover. So Asher turned three years old. November 15th. And um, I don't even remember what we did for his birthday, to be honest. What did we do we for his birthday? We went to the jumpy place. Mm. Sky high. That With was for Jackson her. and Miranda and Eric and Nathan. Are you sure that wasn't for someone else for Jackson's birthday? Yeah, that was for Asher's birthday. Miranda came. Oh, well, that's right. And then we came back here and had like a little meal cake and, and cake and, and stuff. So anyways, kind of the normal. That's what you do for kids' birthdays, right? Mm-hmm. You go do jump on a trampoline, and then you come home and you eat cake. And <laughs> they open presents, and then they fall asleep. So um it's great it was good it was a good day oh and then i have kind of started a new rule not rule but like i am gonna do this thing with all my kids all of them not just asher and callum but um (laughs) all of the other children i have and on their birthdays i am going to um take the day off or take an observed day off if it's on the weekend so and the idea is that I would take the kids to do something special, right, with the dad, with daddy. And we're going to go probably to breakfast, and then we'll go do something they want, um, and maybe lunch, or just kind of have like a day. And just them, not like, not both of them, just them. So on Asher's birthday, I think it was on his birthday, I... Um, we went to breakfast. Yeah, yeah, Leah came. Um, we went to breakfast, and... Took Asher. We had some pancakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And then I took him to a toy store. Mm -hmm. And um, we got him a toy or something he wanted, you know. And then we went to the park. And then we came back and got lunch. And then we played with his new toys. And he went down for a nap and just did all that stuff. But anyways, it was just a day that I took off work. And he didn't go to daycare. And yeah, we just spent it with him. Yeah. I did. And I'm going to do that with Callum. Callum's birthday is coming up in a little less than a month, just a few weeks away, really. And I think Callum's birthday is on a Saturday or a Sunday. And so I'm just going to take probably Monday off or something and do the same thing where I just like, I don't know if I'll, Callum probably wants to go to meals even less. I might go pick up food or something. Leah's looking at me like that's a stupid idea. But um, it's also for me, okay? So, I just think he's going to have one bite of something. Then it doesn't matter if you go pick it up or not. Yeah, but yeah, it's more the adventure of it, the fun of it. Yeah. So um, 
Anyways, we'll do something like that for Callum. I'll maybe take him to the store and get him something. And anyways, we'll do that. And um, so that was Asher's birthday. Mm-hmm. Then after Asher's birthday, because he turned three years old, mm-hmm. he now start started in school. Well, he qualifies for preschool half day, four days a week through the school district we live in because of his speech um, delay. I know we've talked about that before, but we decided to, uh, we had a couple option, either he could be in a play group a couple times a week for like one hour, mm-hmm. or he could go to preschool four days a week, half days, and there'd be a speech therapist there one day, full day a week. Um, and so now he goes to school and plays with all the kids. I think there's 12 kids in the class. Yeah, but you kind of struggled with the decision. I did. I felt really sad about him starting to go to school. For one, because it feels like you have to go to school for your whole life. If you go to college, you go to school until you're like just your bachelor's degree. You go until you're 22. Mm -hmm. So he is three years old. (laughs) So for roughly 19 19 years, he will be in school. And that broke my heart. And then also, it just made me sad because I didn't want him to have to go to school for something he's struggling with. Yeah, that is sad. Did it break your heart about like he because it made you feel like he's growing up, or did you not really have that emotion? Well, that was part of the I didn't want him to go to school yet. For me, but it was I just sad. Want, I, was I like, also didn't want him. I just felt sad that he needs to go to school to get help with with something, and instead of just being able to go to school like a normal kid that will yeah. show up and, and can talk and play with all the other kids. I don't know if he notices or if he doesn't communicate, but with other kids, we don't get to talk to the teachers very much, but mm-hmm. he likes it. He goes to school and he has fun. And Asher's always loved going to play with other kids, so that was never the issue. I never was worried that he wasn't going to like it. It's just more putting adult feelings on my three-year-old that I was right. creating in my head. For me, it was just sad because I was like, it feels like my baby is growing up, you know, because he's starting school two years, well, whatever it is, you know, before he actually does. And he's riding the bus, which is another, that was an anxiety for me because it makes him feel like he's even more old. Like he doesn't get picked up, you know, but the bus, we drop him off at school, but then the bus around, you know, after his half day of school takes him to his babysitter's house and so it just felt like such a big boy thing to do yeah. to me. So I was like, my little baby is riding the bus, you know, and it made me feel like he's getting older so fast, which he is, but it just made me feel like that. And it made me kind of sad just to think about it. And Leah didn't bring him on the first day of school because you were scared you were going to cry. Oh, I would have 100%. I think I cried a little bit when I eventually did take him to school. And <laughs> I think I got, I don't remember if I cried, but I definitely struggled. Did the teacher kind of like shoo you out? I don't remember. You tried to stay there too long? No. So when, <laughs> it's so cute when Asher gets there, he's got to, we go in, we put his backpack and, and jack it up. And then they've got a question of the day that's on the board. And he's got to go find the magnet with his name on it. And he finds it like every time. He knows exactly what his name looks like out of all the names. Even if all the names are still there on the, on the thing, he'll go and grab his name. It's crazy. Um. I wish he could verbalize, you know, that to me of how he's doing it. But 
Um, he answers the question of the day, which he doesn't really answer. He just kind of puts his name where all the other kids are putting their name. And then he has to go and wash his hands. And then he can sit down at his table because they do, they do breakfast and lunch at the school. Um, and then he sits down at the table and they help him um, eat his breakfast. Sometimes I'll help him like because he'll have a bagel or something like that. And I'll help him get his bagel out and spread cream cheese on it or something. But it's just so pretty cute. cute how excited he gets about his breakfast. Yeah. And it, honestly, when he gets out of the car, sometimes like he doesn't know where he's going. And then I'll park at the school and I'll, I'll get him out of the, and he'll get real excited like he's at school. Mm-hmm. So I think he just likes playing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cute. So that's going well. Um, Asher isn't, or Callum isn't talking. Asher has started talking more with, uh, with his going to school. He, he talks more. He doesn't say more words very much, but he does talk and communicate more, I think. Um, which is fun. And he tries more. Like if I say, try to say one, he'll, he'll say some, he'll say it. Doesn't sound like one, but he does say it. So he does try more words. So. He is getting better, which is really exciting. I'm excited to see what what a semester will do. Because before Christmas, Asher had his birthday on the 15th. And then, so he didn't go that week. And the next week was Thanksgiving break. So he didn't go that week. And then we were sick mm-hmm. for two weeks. He didn't go. And so he had like one week or two or something like that like a week and a half after thanksgiving that he got to go before christmas break and so he really hasn't gone very much yeah but he's in it now and it's really exciting but um you were saying that's another thing we're sick all the time but we think callum might have a little bit of a speech delay too yeah he isn't talking much but he does he he does talk more than asher and he'll offer more words. So I'm not really worried about Callum. I think he he's just, I think it probably doesn't help that his brother is at the stage that he's at either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably his not. Brother. Yeah, he mimics Asher a lot. Um, but yeah. Pretty cute. They just chase each other around and play dinosaurs and play with their sharks and stuff like that at this stage mostly what they do is chase each other which is really cute and fun to watch i think to add on to like the speech stuff and a little bit of the delay i think that's that caused not issue but like it makes it sad because like christmas time going into christmas you know is like three years old is really probably like one of the first ones that you get to really start being like santa's gonna come and the kid in the videos, you know, you see, or, or your kids, if you have experience with this, they talk, you know, and they're like, Santa's going to come and, oh, you have to give them the carrots. Well, why does Santa want, you know, cookies or whatever, you know, all this stuff, you know, and Asher didn't, wasn't able to do that. You know, we don't, cause he doesn't communicate really well. And so we can't really explain things to him. And if we do, we have no idea if he's understanding. And so Asher would point at Santa and he'd say, ho, 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 which was kind of cool. Um, but I think they were, maybe they did stuff in school or, or something, but, um, yeah, anyways, we, we weren't really able to, to do the whole, so we didn't really do the Santa thing this year. Well, we did. What do you mean? But we didn't take him to see Santa or anything. Well, 
Yeah, but we didn't talk about it a lot. We didn't say like, oh, look what we, I mean, on Christmas morning, we said, look what Santa brought you, you know? Yeah. But like, we didn't really talk about Santa a lot and we didn't do the cookies or the milk or the powdered sugar footprints, Mm. you know, all the things big. Oh my gosh, Santa was in the house, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, I felt like we kind of missed out on that, which is sad, but. We'll get to it. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, next year. Asher also is a horrible listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you don't know if he actually hears you or not. Because you'll tell him something and he'll eventually do it. But he doesn't, like, obviously he's two years old. But he does not actively listen. <laughs> and so since he can't, he doesn't respond, you don't know if he hears you or understands you. So yeah. you kind of just go with it. And then at some point he'll do something. You're like, oh, you do know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good Christmas. And we got the kids a lot of gifts. And, you know, their family gave them really cool gifts. They got um, an electric um, four-wheeler thing for the backyard. They got a play place for their backyard. They got a kitchen for the inside of the house and scooters and i mean they had a good christmas yeah yeah hot wheels tracks yeah all the stuff that a, a little boy could want and you know what they wanted to play with mm-hmm. a box of mm-hmm. course literally the morning of christmas he walks in everything's there he's so excited he runs at the box that we put in the hallway because we had put the toy car together the night before. Literally runs to it and hugs it. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. He literally ran up and hugged the box. And I was like, no, Ash, that's not the present. And he ran past the presents to do this. Yeah. So honestly, it's a big joke with parents. I feel like that everyone's like, oh, you know, you see it on Instagram or TikTok, whatever. And you're like, it'll be like, Oh, let me give my kids the stuff they really want this year. And it's like plastic bottle, dog toy, mm-hmm. can of sardines, or what do you know? All the remote, remote, a box. you know, a box, all that kind of stuff. And we all joke about it, but no one's ever serious about it. Like, what it's if, real. Well, I'm saying, what if we really did that? I wanted, I forgot to do it, but I really wanted to give uh, my nephews fruit for Christmas to open. To see if they'd be excited because I think if Asher and Callum had opened a banana or something, they'd be so excited. Let's try it next year. Let's do a banana. I really think they would. Yeah, we should try. Kids don't really care about expensive presents. They really, truly don't. Right, they don't. They care just as much as about the $7 car as they do about that $50 car. Like, it's just they have different purposes and their minds work differently and what they use the cars for are different. So just because it's expensive and it has more lights and stuff, it might have been entertaining for a minute, but in the end, it doesn't mean it's going to get more playtime. That box, if we'd have left it in the living room as a slide, it by far got the most playtime. Oh, yeah. They wanted to crawl through it and hide in it and camp in it. And then eventually it fell over and was flat. And then it became a slide in a tent. And that's all they wanted to play with was that box. Right. So next year we're going to go real simple and get them stuff like that. 
Yeah, if anybody uh, buys any um, kind of refrigerator <laughs> or dishwasher or anything, think of us and save us your box because that's what our boys are getting for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Calum will be three next year. Or no, he'll be close to three next Christmas. So he'll be at the same stage of box hugging that Asher was. Yeah, true. Um, what else happened? I got promoted at work. Cole did. He is now the emergency. Mm -hmm. No, deputy emergency manager. Yeah. That's me. It's a big deal, guys. Yeah. So I got promoted at work. That was really cool. For the most part, he's still doing the job he was doing. He just has the title for it. Some extra responsibilities. And it's great. Little extra stuff. So nothing's really changing, but um, that is something that I appreciate about the both you and I's positions at the county. I'm sure not everybody is, has this experience, but I feel like if you if you can verbalize what you want and why you want it, and people don't just shoot you down. And so, like when it comes to raises or or um, promotions or anything like it's not just uh sorry we can't do that that's not how it goes like mm -hmm. if it's not a position and you deserve to have that position then they create the position yeah um but then it was you and i's anniversary yes the big one on the third no the 12th mm-hmm on the 12th of January, we hit 10 years married. Mm -hmm. So this is a big one. And we plan to spend the rest of the podcast essentially talking about some things. We have an article, um, the most common marriage problems that arise after 10 years together. And then 10 years, 10, 10 lessons learned after I've been married for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go over those articles. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> but first, for our anniversary, we had the boys. They went over to their aunt and uncle's house. Which was great. They went to Nick and Shawnee's and they had a great time, I hear. And we spent the evening without them. And it was it was a lot of fun. Leah, we, we went out and got beers. We went to the brewery, had a few beers. Then we went to a restaurant, had a nice dinner. Um, came back. Leah did not want to play the board game that I wanted to play. Really, really annoyed about that. Um, we ended up actually... <laughs> we were both so tired. We ended up going to bed like... I thought we'd like stay up and try to like get an entire like evening full and like stay up till like midnight just to make sure. We left the restaurant and we were like, well, we'll go to a brewery after the restaurant mm -hmm. or we'll go to the bar by our house. And we were so full mm -hmm. and miserable when we left the restaurant that we just went home and it was a great night, but we ended up going, being asleep by like 1030. Yeah. <laughs> Slept the whole night and everything, which was honestly I mean, honestly, I sleep, even you, we sleep. We sleep pretty good. We sleep the nights. You know, it's not like the kids wake up every night in the middle of the night. So, um, but it was just nice to like have that like peace of mind knowing they're not going to wake up and then we could sleep as long as we want. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. With the 10 year, we wanted to kind of do something like go on a trip or something, but we were, uh, had the ability and the requirement to replace our dish, our washer and dryer and repair our um 
stove and put new tires on the van. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, so we're not doing anything fun. <laughs> yeah, we had a bunch of crap come up right before Christmas. We should have talked about that a little bit more too, but just a lot of like Who wants to hear people complain? You know, that's just just one thing after another. It really was yeah. for about a month. But we had the money to be able to do it, or we have a credit card to be able to do it. And yeah, so yeah. we're able to kind of figure out. <laughs> What's debt, you know? We had to, we got, I mean, we're able to figure it out. So yeah, we had the means to be able to do that. So, which is really nice um, that we were able to kind of do that. But uh, also, we got to hope that nothing crazy happens in the next few months. Yeah. So <laughs> pray for us because we're out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but all right, so let's jump into it. Let's talk. Well, do you first want to talk oh, about the study? What study? There was a study done in 2015 talking about how. Um, oh, the 10 year itch? Yeah. Your, your marriage is in the most danger at 10 years. Are you looking at that right now? Well, I read an article about oh. it, at, which I have pulled up. Between what it's year and called, what year? New study shows marriage in danger at 10 years. And it shows that marriages, research found, I'm reading, that at 10-year mark of a marriage, problems tend to be at their worst. Even when a couple sees, even when the couple sees a happy marriage as a product of actual effort to keep it healthy. So, meaning that even if a couple seems to be happy, they're making a lot of effort to keep it happy. Oh, okay. So also so, is from what that article seems is that there might be problems that are in the marriage that like, say I'm just dealing with, right? Like I know that you do this thing all the time and after 10 years, it just boils up to where like, I'm just so annoyed by well, it I right think now. We're going to talk about an article that says the most common problems that arise in a marriage after 10 years together and I think those are like the built up reasons why at 10 years it's an issue. Yeah. Um, but the same study shows that after five years, that is 15 years into the marriage, reports of dissatisfaction begin to decline sharply and continue to decline steadily over 20 years. Oh my, that's good. Yeah. So if we can make it to 15, babe. Then we're good. We're solid. Yeah. Well, good because... Um... We'd... But just to let y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> what? what are you gonna Cole call? and I are not unhappy right now. We're actually in a really good place. And like when with two babies, it's it's pretty difficult. And so at this point, we feel really good about it. Yeah. And we've both had, you know, some health issues in the last year. And we're both feeling a little bit better. And the boys are in a good place. And they're starting to play together. And I think know. year eight was the hardest. Year eight. Mm-hmm. Because that was Asher or Callum was born, I think, in year eight. And well, I don't. He was the young. He was sleep was terrible that year. We had two. We were getting used to having two kids, and that was just it was really tough because of the stressors of. I think honestly, this is when we were like the sleep and the waking up all the time, and and it wasn't like hard, hard. I'm just, I'm just saying hardest, you know, because there was all that extra stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so let's jump into this a little bit. The no, okay, so the most common marriage problems that arise after 10 years. 
we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, number one, you start feeling more like roommates than romantic partners. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think that uh, this is something that definitely happens a lot with kids as well, because you're you're just partners running a business, mm. as in running a household, instead of partners uh, as in man and wife. Yeah. And, and so, like, that's just my opinion. And also, I will just to let everybody know, these are definitely things that you'll hear and you'll be like, well, that happens in a three-year marriage or two, like... Like, these are all things that you're like, well, that definitely is building up. Like, it's not, I think the 10-year mark is just a, a milestone for a lot of people. I don't think it, at 10 years, this becomes a problem. I think that these are problems that you've been dealing with. Right, but at 10 years, it's just like you're like at your boiling point. At your wit's end, yeah. I think that's the 10-year mark. So, I think this is true because... And we saw this, I think, more in year eight than year nine, because this last year was year nine, right? We got nine through ten, so now we're in year ten. So year eight, <clears throat> it talks about um, what you don't really make time for each other. Um, you don't have date nights, thoughtful gestures, things like that. Um, and I think that's true, especially for us in year eight, because we were so busy with Callum and being so a baby, and then also having a three or a two-year-old, you know, and and um, so we didn't really go on dates that year, like barely. And, um, we barely go to date. Well, we barely still go on dates now, but we still try, or at least we've, we've tried to implement and we haven't done this very often, but, um, two or three times we've, you know, tried to implement more like breakfast dates because it's something that we can do mm -hmm. dropping off the kids at school. And then we have, we can go to work late. So mm -hmm. breakfast dates are really good. Um, we need to do more stuff just like, hey, tonight we're going to, like this. This is a date for Lee and I, kind of, in a way. We always we plan to, like, hey, we're going to sit down together and do the podcast together. That yeah. was supposed to be a monthly thing, and we suck at it. But um, it's supposed to be a monthly thing that we do together and just do this chat and kind of reflect on our past month or talk about an issue or talk about um, <clears throat> an article, that kind of stuff. So um, we could also play board games, which Leah hates, but... Um, we could do more stuff like that. We bought a... Um... We watched Wrexham together. Have you guys watched Wrexham? The documentary Welcome series about uh, the soccer, soccer team. team that Ryan Reynolds and Rob... McElhenney? McElhenney? McElhenney. Yeah. You know who he is. Always sunny in Philadelphia guy. Yeah. That's really good. You guys should watch it. Um. Okay. So... But yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, me too. So number two says, you've become bored with your life together. I definitely can see it. I Actually, I, I don't know. Like I, all of these, it's like, oh, I could see how that could happen. Yeah, but we're people. talking about more like our marriage specifically. And for me. Oh, you want to talk about specifically. Yeah, I do. How all marriages. I don't want to say if we have. I want you to say, oh, yeah, I, I've started to be really bored with you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I want you to say, I don't struggle with that. Like I'm about to say, so I don't think I've become bored with our life together. And so I don't that specifically, it says like, you've lost this magical butterfly inducing fairy tale. I don't think for me, I don't think that I literally think all the time about how lucky I am to have you as my wife. 
and think about how attractive you are and all the things. I never have these like, oh man, I just kind of wonder what it would be like with this other girl. Or I wonder what it would be like if I was single. Or like, you know, like I never think that. I literally want this to be forever. And um, I love, you know, we have kids. That's adding a whole new adventure. Mm-hmm. So now I love raising the kids with you. And we've only done it for three years. And I'm loving every part of that and seeing you be a mom and all those things. So at least for me, I don't feel like I've become bored with our life together at all. Do you have anything to say on that? No, I think that uh, after 10 years of marriage, you start to, you grow, people grow throughout life. And with marriage, either you'll grow together or you'll grow apart. And I think it's really tempting to grow apart and you just lean into what you like to do and he leans into what he likes to do. And so you become bored of your life together because you guys don't like to do the same things. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that Cole and I do not like to do together. Most of the shows I like to watch, Cole doesn't like to watch. Cole likes to play video games a lot and play board games and I'm not into those things as much. If he talks me into playing a board game, I always have fun. So I know that. But so he tries to talk me into it. We're going to get another computer. <laughs> but for this it is some, <laughs> so that I can game. But that's definitely something that I, I think about and that I try to avoid. I always am trying to think of things that we can do together that we'll enjoy. And in the age of technology and social media, where you can just sit there all evening and scroll, it's kind of um, difficult to do especially when you have kids. So you can't just go try a new hobby because you'd have to find a babysitter to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just go on that hike because I'm not carrying a three-year-old on my back. So it's difficult to try new things and to, to not get bored together, but that's just something that, that takes effort and it has definitely um, taken effort for us. But I feel like we both like saw that question differently. Like I saw it as becoming bored with your life together as in bored with what you want to do. But hopefully it all made sense and we didn't sound too rainbowy. <laughs> I think we saw it a little different, but that's okay. Um, I'm not bored of our life together. Me neither. Very How good. could you with two crazy boys? Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend a lot of time on this next question. Or none at all. Read it, Leah. Your sex life has faded. For... I think sex life comes with ebbs and flows. And when you're pregnant, maybe you don't want to have that much sex. And maybe after you just had a baby, you don't want to have that much sex. Or, you know, and then a few months into it, your sex drive comes back. Or at least for women... Um, and maybe for men, it's opposite. Maybe you're really attractive to your, attracted to your pregnant wife, (laughs) but, uh, I think it comes in ebbs and flows and I don't think that it's gotten any worse. In fact, I think women's sex drive increases as they get older studies have shown, um, and men's get lower and that has been our experience. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Sometimes I feel like it hasn't been that experience, but um, I think one of the most important things here yeah, is that as you get older, your sex drive lowers and mine. I'm sure it has. I mean, if I was to like go back into my 18 year old body, I'm sure that would 
feel a lot different. But, um, you know, like, but what I was going to say is I think, you know, what the important thing here, <clears throat> I think for us is that you don't not talk about it. You know, I think a lot of couples tend to like not talk about things and verbalize kind of where they're at. And I think for people, <clears throat> obviously, like intimacy is, you know, a way you show each other love and um, both like women and men, of course. And um, but like especially for like men, I mean, being sh shown like being intimate is a, like can be a sign of, you know, it feels like you're you're wanted and things like that. So I I think when that doesn't happen, people start you know, you tend to not feel those emotions like, oh, she doesn't want me. She doesn't like me. She doesn't, whatever. She doesn't want to be around me. You know, you start having all those thoughts. But I think the important part is that you, you, you are in a marriage and in a relationship where you can feel free to bring those things up and talk about them. Because if you do, then you usually quickly learn, you know, you'll, you'll say those kind of things like, well, I'm, I'm just struggling with, you know, you know, this, or, or we just had a baby or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, you know, that there could be a, a whole plethora of reasons that, you know, you're stressed out with work or whatever, but either way, it usually is a sign to be like, okay, something's not good right now and where we're at in our, um, sex life, you know? And so there's other things we can try. And that doesn't necessarily mean like you just start doing it all the time. There might be like, you know, let's spend more intentional time together or, whatever, you know, but it's a sign that something, you know, you got to start trying a little harder or putting effort into something else in your relationship. And then usually that it problem fixes itself. But if you're not talking about it, then you just tend to kind of, I feel like you just go into those, um, those, you listen to those negative thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, about, or the self-deprecating, is that, or was that the word, the, thoughts are like, you know, and you just, and you start to get mad at your partner or your wife, like without, you know, like without even knowing if it's true. Right. You know, but I think that that's probably a big reason why, um, the longer you're married, the more of an issue it becomes because you're not, if you're not talking about and having open conversation about your sex life when you're three years into your marriage and five years into the marriage, then it would be difficult to start having those conversations mm -hmm. yeah. when you're 10 years into the marriage and you're like, all of a sudden he finds out that you fake it all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? Yeah, geez. And files for divorce and there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, look at this. See, I didn't even read this article, but it says, um, therapists highly recommend honestly discussing the issue with your partner, however uncomfortable it may be. And honestly, sometimes it is kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Lee and I have talked about this a lot, though, throughout our marriage, you know, like brought it up in different times mm -hmm. to talk about. And it's never a good idea to bring it up while you're in bed naked, just to give everybody, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're newly married, <laughs> fellas, and you just found this out don't bring up things that you would rather your wife be doing <laughs> or something right that is bad or or if she just turns you down or something like that don't bring this needs to be a level-headed conversation yeah. that you're having when you're both not in bed or when you're trying to talk her into sleeping with you or something like that like this isn't 
that's not the time to have these conversations because then then they become emotionally charged Mm -hmm. and uh, personal. And it's not personal. You just need to be able to have an honest relationship or honest conversation about what both of your needs are. And sometimes one person's need is that they're dealing with anxiety and that they don't want to have sex when they're really anxious and that's okay. But if the other person doesn't know that and they think that, oh, he doesn't want to have sex with me because I gained 10 pounds or something like that, then like, Mm -hmm. like Cole said, you're just feeding into your own stories instead of having Mm-hmm. that relationship and honestly all you have to do is really just tell her that whatever she's dealing with like it'll fix it and that will help <laughs> cold tries this all the time They're so like, you say oh, you, oh have you have a headache okay well i actually know how to fix that. that yeah and actually studies have shown <laughs> research has shown that sex actually fixes headaches yeah, and anxiety happen. and actually if you're feeling bloated guess what sex no helps that I will tell you that I've never had a sex <laughs> uh, cure a headache for me. I don't know what rating we have on this show and what words we're allowed to say. You, I mean, honestly, I don't know who's listening to this. So I think two people, maybe. It's risky. Cover your ears. All right, <laughs> next one. We should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. We can. We haven't titled but it But we yet. talked about Santa. Too. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to put a disclaimer on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so. What's the next one? Number four. You feel dissatisfied because you think marriage has prevented you from accomplishing certain goals. Uh, I think that this is definitely possible. And this is something that, again, would build up after 10 years. Because maybe at year three, you agreed to move to, I don't know, Pueblo for your husband's job or, mm. or something like that, but you gave up your education or or something or you had a job opportunity and you together decided not to go, then um, that would be an issue. I think if, if someone ever, ever put their foot down and said, well, we're not going or you're not doing this or vice, then that would definitely p- cause resentment yeah i think because then you'd always wonder instead of that being a joint decision instead of like well we decided to go that's why so i decided not to do that thing or take that job and you'd be like well he didn't let me take that job which is why i'm not where i am in my career yeah and and honestly i think different there's different personalities and like there's a lot of people who are career driven i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that by any means or that you can't have successful relationships i am not really career driven. Like I like my job and I like working and I do good at work and I try at work and all those things. But like work is like way down on my tier of list of important things to me in my life, like priority wise. Like I think you are is my, are my like, you're my number one priority. Like this relationship here, our marriage. So when I think of my, my goals in life, like you are the number one goal. Having a successful marriage is like the number one goal in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then our kids will, you know, benefit from that relationship mm-hmm. that we have. We'll be able to parent better. But being a parent is like a, a secondary goal, essentially. Right. You know, and then, of course, like my other relationships, like what I get enjoyment, like my friends and things like that, I rate pretty high. And then under that, it's like, you know, maybe career and like work. But like 
the legacy I want to leave in life has more to do with the impact I have on you and my children and then the impact my children will have on people than it does any article I can write or anything I do for my job or, you know, like, so I don't have that problem in our marriage because you are that accomplishment. Yeah. That's sweet of you to say. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, anyways. Yeah. Anyway, number five, um, your tolerance for one another has dissipated through that. I think this is a dangerous oh. one. What do you mean? Cause I think it comes in ebbs and flows. And if you let it, it start going downhill, then it definitely could get out of control. I, I have noticed you and I start to, we have maybe like argued or fought a little more maybe this we, last year. We use the word irritable. Like people use different words mm -hmm. about saying different ways of saying this. Your tolerance for one another has dissipated. We say I'm way more irritable with you yeah. than usual. And that definitely came about, like Cole said, in year eight when we had the both boys and we were in, I was changing jobs and we were buying a house and we had a newborn and a 15th month old and, and a lot of stressful things at the same time. And if you're not spending time on yourself or your relationship, like Cole and I weren't, we felt like we were maxed out at the time and it is hard to do that. And so if you let this happen and you let it continue to roll downhill, then I think it would be, then this would, I think this is probably the number one reason. Of yeah, I would say probably too, because you're just sick of this other. is little things that happen in the house, which you and I have, of course we have things where like, you're like, I feel like you're not helping in the kitchen or I feel like you're not doing this. Like there's just always like little things that you start to get annoyed with and you see a pattern, whether that pattern is, is as big, you know, and, and you start seeing only the other person's fault in that pattern mm -hmm. more than you see your own fault. And so this becomes less like you just start to get really like how we say we get really irritable you're like oh my gosh leah is always not putting the diaper in i the knew pail. you were gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> well that's because it's a low risk one it's like it's like that annoys me but it i do that i change the diaper and then the boy is crying or something and i just completely space it i just leave it on the i always roll it up like it's gonna be thrown away but i don't throw it away and so i, I gotta that, change i probably do that every other day or every Three days yeah. or something like that. And it's one of those little things. So I think patterns like that where you're like someone might, but like probably a bigger thing, obviously. Um, but it's something like that that is your tolerance dissipates. So you, to begin with, it's just something annoying Leah does. But in the end, it feels like something she's doing on purpose. And she does this just to piss me off. And because she knows that it makes me mad and she's just lazy as hell. And you do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> But you could do that with anything, leaving yeah. cups on the counter or not wiping the table off or just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you can you can blow things up in your head to be like a a mortal sin. Yeah. So, again, I think a lot of this comes to talking. And there, Lee and I, over the last two years, more than any other years in our marriage, have talked about this kind of stuff. Where it's like, I feel like you're doing this a lot, or I'm frustrated because I'm doing, and we have to have, sometimes they're not like easy talks either. They're kind of more like arguments, you know, and we have these discussions though, and we, you know, we never really get super heated about it or 
let it go into the next day or like mad at each other, but we have arguments or discussions about the little things. But I think being able to talk about these things um, and not let it just build up to the point where it's just like this um, raw, like festering, thing festering. That you yeah. Eventually... Like every time it happens, you're just to, to 10 throw the glass on the counter at his head (laughs) (laughs) but again this is definitely something that needs this is it's it's much easier to bring things things are not easier but it's important to bring these things up when you're not at a 10 because then you say things that you don't mean and then like cole and i i know i do this for sure but i uh i tend to match whatever tone he comes to me at and so if he comes to me really irritated and I was in a super happy mood beforehand, then I immediately match that energy and bring it back to him, even though I've, I'm not mad about anything. Mm-hmm. So just food for thought. Don't bring it up when you're really mad about it. Yeah. Maybe bring it up when you're a little bit more level-headed and able to talk about it more. Right. Uh, okay, next one logically that's the word i was looking for for 10 seconds number six you stop celebrating milestones both big and small well this was our 10-year anniversary and all we did was go to dinner but it is what it is (laughs) yeah and i feel like we don't we we wanted to make it bigger um but we we hope to later on in the year but you never know and 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 we still do try to celebrate other things, but you just got a promotion. We didn't even go to dinner. Oh, I thought about it. Usually we would get a promotion and we'd like, but his promotion was kind of weird because he like got it and he's like, but in one month. Yeah. And so that was weird. I didn't even think about it because you didn't actually get it. You were just like, yeah, you'll get that in a month. Right. But it, we invited friends over for dinner. Yeah, we probably did. So, I, that one's probably lower on my tier list. I mean, I, I think celebrate or don't ignore. Like we still bring up our dating anniversary in May, you know, and mm-hmm. and always we always celebrate our anniversaries and birthdays and obviously all the the stuff, you know. So, um, I think right now for us, celebrating looks kind of different than it used to, and we still haven't figured that out uh-huh. because it used to be we'd celebrate something, and that meant that we'd go out and get sushi and do something fun for the night or something like that. But now with kids, going to get sushi with kids is not fun. Just to let everybody know. It's not fun to go to a nice restaurant with kids, Uh with a two and three year old, because you're constantly messing with them and you don't enjoy yourself. And then you're just mad by the end of the dinner when you get a $100 bill and you didn't even enjoy yourself. Right. So we just haven't really figured out what celebrating looks like when we have two small children. Yeah. Yeah. But we still, well, we still usually do. invite friends and and celebrate birthdays or or promotions or things like that. Yeah. Um, number seven, you forget how to be goofy and have fun. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think, again, people, marriage becomes a partnership. Not in a romantic sense. You you just become business partners and and you just are living life side by side instead of together and and you're tired and you have jobs and kids and everything and it's it is 
a lot. It takes a lot more effort to have fun, honestly. Well, and your friends, you're supposed. I think, um, I would say that in marriage, you're you're supposed to be married to your best friend or have a relationship like a best friend, and <clears throat> just like you would be doing, you're not going to hang out with. A, you're not going to have a long term friend that you're not goofy and having fun with, right? Like you know, that that's not a friendship that you want to maintain. So why would you want to maintain a marriage? It's not like that. So I think same thing. I mean, you just got to invest in your, the friendship you have together, mm-hmm. doing fun things and doing things, um, you know, that, that friends do, you know, going to eat or playing a game or watching a show or talking and, um, you know, not just, not just running the business of family or home together you know, you're actually friends. And so you got to invest in that. But I, I don't think, I think we're very goofy and fun with each other still. Yeah. And allowing the other person to have fun. If your yeah. spouse enjoys playing board games and you're not a huge fan of it, still play the stupid board game because you know that they'll have fun and they'll enjoy you doing it with them. Or if she likes to watch that stupid show but I can't even think of one right now. But just sit next to her and don't be a jerk about the show and make fun of it. Just sit there and watch the show with her. Or go to the Target. Even though you don't like to go to Target, that's not the point. You're yeah. doing something that the other person enjoys doing without complaining. It's so easy to complain and make the other person feel small for something that they enjoy doing. Don't do that. That's a horrible thing to do. Oh, you got a little heated on that one it is Mm -hmm. it's easy to make someone feel dumb for enjoying something it's so much harder to actually as an adult be able to do something that you're you enjoy and so making fun of people because of the show they like to watch because of the board game they like to play or because of the i don't know badminton club that they joined or yeah. because they like to run or they like to go to the gym or like it's really easy to make people feel small it's it's a lot harder to put your selfishness aside and to join them in whatever they like to do just because they like to do it yeah that's why leah's gonna start playing D with me i am not going to do that well to put your money where your mouth is you know <laughs> i'm not saying you need to commit a day a week into this fantasy league or something just to make him happy I'm saying don't make fun of him playing D&D <laughs> and allow him to go play his D&D because it makes him happy. Yeah. All right. So last one on this article, um, there's only eight things, is you take on the stress of becoming a homeowner. We did that. And it is financially stressful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we also get a lot of satisfaction of like yeah. watching our – our investment grow in the market and see the monthly balance go down every month slowly but surely and and so long term we definitely do not regret this it just is a lot more responsibility you have to maintain the yard and and replace the washer and dryer and fix the oven and what else have we done this year the furnace that's another thing i forgot to bring up during our month saga we had to fix the furnace that we replaced last year not the furnace the one part that they didn't replace we had to replace and um 
So there's yeah, a lot I of financial stress. I understand how that would be uh, stressful. Yeah, and I, I want to probably add to this more than like you take on the stress of becoming a homeowner. It's the they're like you let financial stress get into your like be a um a poison in your marriage or something. You know, like because finances are super stressful. Yeah, I think at ten years, if we weren't on the same page just with oh, finances. Geez. You would be extremely stressful if you've gone through a ten-year relationship and you guys are constantly at at uh, I can't think of the word I was going to say odds? at odds. Yes, thank you, professor. Hmm. If you're constantly at odds with how you deal with finances and what you want to invest in and how you want your family to spend their money, then it would be very difficult to have a, a happy and productive relationship because money is is a huge pillar in everybody's life whether you want it to be or not you all have bills to pay yeah okay so we're going to transition to the other article um from scarymommy.com i think it's a blog site i've seen this before there's 10 things um and this one is titled um the 10 lessons I've learned in 10 years of marriage. So Lee and I will kind of go through this one fairly quick ish and then just kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, but the first one says the toothpaste cap doesn't really matter. And what they mean, whoever wrote this, um, is that like, you got to pick your battles wisely. Um, that there's these little things that are, that, um, feel infuriating or that can pop up and, um, whatever. And Lee and I have talked about this before to other people or maybe even on the podcast, but it's like you really choose what is a big deal or what isn't. And I think both of us do this. Leah probably does this better than I do, but um, like the little things, you know, are you going to like, am I going to really pick at the fact that Leah doesn't throw that diaper away in the pail? Sometimes. But, yeah, but I don't make it a huge like fight or anything. I'm like, Leah, no. quit. Like, it's like, I'll bring it up, of course, but like, I'm not, you know, it's not that big a deal. You went and changed the baby and you did the hard part and there's a dirty diaper sitting there, but like, it's not the end of the world. It's not something to start a fight over. And I think a lot of couples get into a lot of fights, which would be exhausting about just little things like this, like the way someone does something, not putting it back a certain way. And I don't know. So Mm -hmm. what do you think? Yeah. Pick your battles. You don't need to pick a a fight every time you get annoyed about something. Just let it go. Yeah. Right. Number two, listening is important. Obviously, if you uh, aren't listening to your your partner, then you probably aren't going to last 10 years. I'll say that. Which Lee was talking about the um, tone and matching tone. And I sometimes probably am a little more like Lee will say something and I'll just have come across as like a defensive tone immediately. So, um, but listening is important because when someone when someone says or when when one of the couple says that you know they need help in the kitchen what leah isn't necessarily saying is that like i want you to i mean she's saying that she wants me to clean the kitchen of course but she's also saying like she's stressed or she like feels overwhelmed. She's saying a lot more than just what she's saying out loud. And same thing with me when I'm saying like, babe, I just need a minute. I want to go lay on my bed for a minute. 
Like, I'm not just saying I, I want to go look at my phone. I want to relax. Like, I'm saying I'm overwhelmed with work today. These kids are screaming and I'm going to drive. I'm going crazy. Like, I need help from you. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to like see that, like listening beyond just what they're saying and try to like empathize them. You know, be like, why are you saying that to me? Are you, you're obviously asking for more than just what you're asking for and trying like, that's part of loving each other. I think too, is trying to be like, okay, well, like you're asking to go lay down on the bed. What, what is that really? And like, how, you know, can I help you? So I don't know. I'm just kind of right. rambling, but I don't know how, I mean, this would Huh? Never mind. I was about to go on a ta- not a tangent, but somewhere that I don't think was applicable. But, okay. but yeah, listening to what they're actually saying and not just hearing the tone that they're that they're using. Or, and again, it's important to to try to be in a calm place before you start a confrontation um, or a conversation that might be difficult. But. The opposite is also true, that you need to be able to respond calmly even if the other person is upset and actually hear what they're saying and not just assume they're being a jerk or lazy because they want to go lay in bed. Cole and I put each ourselves in, we don't put each other in timeout, but (laughs) we put ourselves in timeout, not uncommonly. Yeah, it does suck when we both try to do it. A 15-minute break or something like that, we'll just go lay in our room in the dark and sit on our phones for a minute because the boys are overwhelming or or work was overwhelming or you just have a headache or don't mm-hmm. feel good or something like that but we do that fairly often three uh, just like history repeats itself so do arguments we luckily i feel like are pretty lucky in that we don't really have big repeating arguments we do have one that i can kind of think of you know what it is? No, I don't know if you should say it on the podcast. Why? What is it? Oh, sex. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's about <laughs> your asexuality. <laughs> no, um, it's about like cleaning. Oh yeah. So I feel like I go through like ebbs and flows where it's like I'm really helpful with Leah, but then slowly over the course of I don't know a year all kind of like a year well i don't know i was just throwing it out there i don't know how often it is i don't feel like we we don't fight about this once a month but like leah will be like i feel overwhelmed and i feel like i'm doing all the stuff myself and blah 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 and we'll have a long chat about it and we'll talk about it and um and i'll be like okay like i can see maybe i do need to do better about certain things and and i'll try to like fix it or whatnot and um, then it'll be better for like a, a while, you know, and then slowly over the, you know, I feel like that kind of repeats itself, but, right. um, yeah, but also Lee and I, I, I think are good about talking to each other about this stuff. You know, we don't let it just be a go, ah, I'm so mad at them. Well, there's been a few times where I feel like you, I'm like, you should have just talked about this earlier, but cause then there's been a few times where like, I think there was miss member. There's been some times where it's been like mis- not misunderstandings, but like you've been like, I feel like this is happening. And I've been like, well, I also feel this way. And I've been doing all this other stuff. And you're like, well, that's also a good point. I didn't really think of it that way, you know? Yeah, I don't know, but. You don't know. I don't know exactly what you're talking about now. 
But there's been times I, I believe you. Where we don't need to go into it more and explain it more. Well, there's vaguely. been times where we have <laughs> like had. To, okay, there's been times. There's been times where we have argued about something and we've both been right in our own similar ways and come to an agreement, but only because we've brought this up to as a conversation, you know. Okay. Okay, Leah's clearly getting pissed. Over no, here. I really don't remember. I'm not being passive aggressive. I believe you. I just don't remember. Guys, I, don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Probably because I walked away thinking I was right. <laughs> you uh. were wrong. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways. Sorry. What's the next one? Um, Where are we on? Number four? Uh, yeah. Four. Your partner should be your number one cheerleader in public and your number one constructive critic only behind closed doors. That's true. I, to be honest, think we have been able to do better with this one. Better Remember, as in we've gotten better? No. Or? Better as in, like, I, I, there's been times where we've not had arguments necessarily, but I've gotten my feelings hurt. Because, and it's not necessarily, like, a critic thing, but you'll, like, it might be in, in all in good fun or something. Mm. But you'll make a joke about something that, like, is also a critique. But you'll do it in, like, a funny way and I've gotten been like that wasn't like I didn't like that you did that mm. you know and we've talked about it there's been a few and it's not like I mean, it literally happened like a handful of times in 10 years 12 years I could see that about me it yeah. sounds like something I would do mm-hmm. I'd be like, but it was funny <laughs> right yeah um, so but I agree that's definitely a, a challenge with sarcastic people right and I think Lee and I are both sarcastic and that's kind of part of the problem is that we both are good humored and fun, but like then there's then it's like sometimes it's like it's like you know it's snowballing and then it's like okay and that went a little far and now I'm kind of got my feelings hurt because like I'll make okay this is a good example it's not it's an example of not necessarily a real life event but something we'll do like I'll make a joke about something you know this I'll make a joke about something real I'll be like I'll be like yeah but I never help with the dishes or something like that or like as an example. And then you'll say something like super like over the top, like, or I'll be like, yeah, I like, I'm always, I'll say, I'm always helping Leah around the house. And you'll be like, you've never helped once in your life or something like that with like a whole group of like, but she'll say like, so serious. Like, Cole's never helped in the kitchen once in his life. My gosh. Or something. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, like the joking. other day you said something about, well, I just thought that. We could have we could order dinner so that we didn't have to make it or something. And I said we make it. it was like something. When, you, yeah. when do you make dinner? Right, something like <laughs> that. Where I was like, or something like, and that. then it puts me immediately on the defensive. Like, I clearly screw you if you think about it. I do. Like, I do in reality make dinner a lot. Cold grills. And a lot. so, see, she's already trying to make it sound like I'm cooking dinner. I. I I do cook dinner sometimes, and but the fact that Leo do something like that, you know, she'd be like, "You don't ever," and then I'm just sitting there like in in the friend group, like, "Okay, now I feel like if I say something, it has to be like, like there, it doesn't leave me any room to like, like maneuver. I, I like I'm clearly like, okay, she, like I, I'm put in this corner of like, <laughs> the only thing I can say is defense. Like there's no other humored way I can approach. So then I just have to be like. <laughs> Or something like just like I can just like I'm like Laura like look at my friends and be like Ugh, or like you know it's just weird. So, 
anyway, that's not necessarily the best example because Lee and I aren't really that critical of each other, but it is important. I think we need to be like, it. you need to keep in mind that you should be like really, pu- you know, pushing, not what, what's the, you know, helping your, you know, your spouse picking look good. Yeah, picking them up instead of dragging them or weighing them down. Or make, and then behind closed doors, you could be like, they make, oh, actually, you know, you don't really help with dinner ever, you know, but it's just me and you there instead of me right. and everyone at the Christmas party. Well, I think, I think another, the main point of this is that you're not criticizing your spouse to your friends and your family. Yeah. Like you're not, it's something, if you do criticize them, then it's like constructive criticism to them and not talking crap about your husband to your friends behind his back. Mm-hmm. Which obviously is toxic. Yeah. There's one thing in like discussing issues that you're having, and there's another with just ranting about your spouse and and building up toxic conversations just so that your friend can can validate mm. your upset. If you're seeking advice, that's one thing, but if you're just complaining so that your friend can validate how you're right in the situation then that's another thing right okay number five you have to accept yourself as much as you do the other person i'm going to read this because both cole and i are quiet because we don't really know what they're talking about when you are annoyed with your husband because he doesn't listen or he wants didn't want to want you sorry or because he, he doesn't listen or he didn't do what you asked of him in a timely matter ask yourself is he thinking the same thing about me right now take a deep breath and make sure the mirror you are holding up to him you are also holding up to yourself this helps you grow together and not apart except yourself so we just kind of talked about this a little bit earlier and that's what i was kind of saying is like we've had moments where like you've said and this is the time where you, this is that thing where you were like, I don't know, this will never happen. But, um, or I don't remember this, but there's been times where it's like, you've been like, you aren't doing this and I feel this way. And I've been like, I hear you. And I also feel like that's not a fully accurate picture because I'm also doing these things. And maybe I'm not doing that thing you asked, but I am doing all these other things, you know? And so there's been moments like that where it's like you've had to I feel like we've we've had moments where we see I'm I'm frustrated with the other person I voice that frustration and then you come back and say I see that frustration I'll try to be better but also this is how I'm seeing it and there are things that I'm doing and then it kind of helps us to be like okay well yeah maybe I wasn't like I'm not wrong but I was less right than I thought like he he or you know or she is doing more in other ways and I wasn't give that things I wasn't giving them credit for. Right. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So yeah. I think it's just that's good to keep in mind is self-reflection. But you know, that's tough. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Time alone matters. I think again we've kind of talked about this too, but um being able to do the things we both enjoy, you know, it's kind of yeah. when we talked about the hobbies or having fun, letting the other person have fun is what Leah, Leah said. And that's kind of what this is. Like, you know, if 
whatever that alone time is. And that could be alone time with friends too. It's not just alone. Like I'm going to go play video games. It could be, I'm a, like alone time. Meaning like I'm going to go hang out, you know, with, I'm going to go to the bar with my guys, friends tonight. Right. You know, and allowing that, you know, not necessarily over overdoing it because you want to make sure you're getting all your other responsibilities and the stuff around the house and spending time with each other and all those things done. But you do need to allow the time for, you know, that you're going to be able to spend on yourself and do the things you enjoy. Yeah. I think a popular phrase lately is, is filling your cup and you need to let your spouse fill their cup with however it is that it does that. So if it's playing D and D or if it's going to the gym or if it's going on a girl's weekend or whatever it is, you need to allow them to do that because everybody knows that the happier your spouse is, the better your marriage is. And yeah. so, um, and honestly, vice versa, the better your marriage is, is the happier your spouse is. So you need to let them do that. You don't have to be, the world does not revolve around you. No matter what age you are. I tell my three-year-old that. No, you don't. <laughs> I have before. <laughs> I think I called told Callum that recently because he is extremely <laughs> clingy, y'all. He does not let me do anything. And I'm like, you know, the world does not revolve around you. He definitely thinks it does. But. Mm -hmm. So number seven is tell the story of how you met again and again whenever you can. I think as far as advice, ten things you've learned, and, and you know, this one's kind of a cute one just because it says like. You know, it's nostalgia, telling the story of allowing yourself to kind of relive the, the your love story. I don't really know if we can spend a whole lot of time on that, but it's kind of a, I think when we, when we do that, it's kind of fun. We don't really get the opportunity to talk about how we met and our love story a lot, but it is kind of fun whenever we get to. And yeah, it is kind of fun. People are always surprised at how long we've been married. Yeah. Because we got married right out of college. Which... And I feel like we weren't that young. 21 and 23, I guess that's young, but 23 doesn't feel that young. I, I don't feel like. When I say 21 years old, that yeah, sounds young. That sounds young, but 23 doesn't. There's a, there's a, there's a thing there that happens <laughs> yeah. at roughly 23. <laughs> yeah. 22, really. You're an adult. 21, 21 you're in sounds college. like a kid. 23, you're out of college. At 21 sounds like a kid, but also you were like, you were a, a month or two from two months from being 22. So it wasn't like you were just 21. Right. It's true. Um, number eight. Read it. Your friends will divorce, and this is not a reflection on your own marriage. Interesting. That is kind of an interesting one. I, I, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know why that would be a reflection on your own marriage. We've never uh, had that feeling or that yeah, experience. Yeah, I've never but... taken ownership of other people's relationship on, like, mine or, like, my friends in close proximity. I've have friends who have gotten divorces already mm -hmm. and I've never thought oh man maybe I should get a divorce or you know like or I've been like did Lee and I I don't think this is what that question is saying is like are this advice is saying like don't if you didn't cause it right it's not a reflection of your own marriage but I think maybe what they're saying is don't personalize the bad stuff from the other's marriages like if the other if the, you know your friend had a marriage in which had some dishonesty and that caused a splinter in the, in the marriage. And then a, that eventually turned into a big fracture and, and caused it to be a divorce. That doesn't necessarily mean you look at that and be like, Oh, was my marriage, 
you know, have a right. lot of that. So I think it's just don't take other people's problems and, 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 and plant them on yourself. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think you could definitely start if someone's complaining about their spouse all the time, then you'd be like, you know what? My spouse does that or uh-huh. something like that. But I don't see how a divorce I've never had the experience that someone to get in divorces made me reflect on my own marriage. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking today that our closest friends, none of them have divorced parents. Yeah. I think they're all married. You. Yeah. Except for me. <laughs> Obviously. So they can't say the same for sure. No, but. they can't say the same, but I think I just thought that I was thinking about that. I was like, that's really weird. Yeah. That is kind of odd. Anyways, number nine, hang out with others who like and enjoy their spouse. This is a big one. Uh, oh yeah. I think that I've been in places where it's it literally feels weird that I'm happy in my marriage. And I, um, it feels weird to like enjoy your spouse and to be like, like happy to be with them and to say positive things about your relationship because you feel bad about it because the other person's relationship is so toxic that you don't want to be happy about your relationship around them. So I remember this when we first got married, we were, uh, I met someone I think it was a girl I worked with and she was happy in her marriage. And I was like, oh, this is so weird because most people are just like whine about their marriage or, or their spouse. And like, it's just the cool thing to do. Yeah. And honestly, I've never really had that experience in my friendships. You know, most all of my friendships and honestly coworkers. All of them have been work friends. Most of these have been like work, like in acquaintances. But even my work friends, I mean, I've, always had work friends who have happy seemingly happy marriages and relationships so it's not like we just go in and be like oh gosh and just start talking bad about the other person so it's usually like one person starts talking good about their spouse and the other one tries to like one-up it when i worked at auto warehouse there were three people that consistently worked there all of them got a divorce or were in the process of getting the divorce in the time that i was there yeah. Wow. That can be. I think they just saw Cole and I as young, young people that don't know any better yet. <laughs> yeah. But then sometimes you see an older, like that's the nice thing about how young we got married is that sometimes we have older, older people around us that are like, you'll find out they've only been married for like seven years. And you're like, Ooh, I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the wise one. <laughs> Cole sometimes asks me like, how long have they been married? Yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, so all we have to do is make it past them and we'll know more than them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, this last one is pretty easy. And I, we already kind of talked about this, but it says have different interests, but try to find one thing in common to do together. Um, and so Leah and I, I feel like we do struggle with this, you know, because mm-hmm. we have we have different interests for sure. Um, <laughs> but the things we do together are like, kind of lame, you know, like watching shows. We don't really have a hobby together. I would love, and that maybe is like a goal, kind of actually now that I've said this and read that, 
I feel like that is maybe a, a, a goal for us or for me in our marriage in the next year is to come up and try to find like a hobby that we would like to do together. I think it would be fun if we could identify something that we like enjoy. Like the kids go to bed and boom, we're out in the garage woodworking. <laughs> or, you know, we're out there making leather wallets to sell on Etsy. You know, or like something that we're out there doing together where it's like we just enjoy that hobby. We text about it. We talk about it and we share memes and articles about it together. Like I have friends that we do a lot of stuff, but you and I, we're best friends, but we have not a lot of like hobbies together. We enjoy no hobbies. No, we enjoy the social aspect of our relationship, like just sitting and talking or going to lunch and going to dinner. And we like food. Yeah, we like food and obviously our kids and like things like that. But I feel like honestly, now that I'm like talking about this, it feels like that's such a bad thing, but obviously it doesn't, it hasn't affected our marriage like crazy that we haven't had a hobby together, but it would be fun to have something together. I see couples that do have hobbies together and it looks really fun and it looks like something that would be super beneficial. It's like almost like free dates. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be super fun. Especially any, since we literally have hours every night that we don't have anything to do. Do you have any suggestions right off the bat before we end it? Cleaning. We could get into that together. No, that can be your interest. <laughs> anything else? What about any like woodworking or leather working? We could get into work, road working. Do you want to start reforming? What did you just say? Road working? Ro- woodworking. Okay. Because I don't want to do road work together. <laughs> we just start we just fixing go out our into the alley. And and start and start. Yeah. We have to do it at our house, too. That's the problem. So we can't, like, be on a bowling league. I guess we could if we had a babysitter every night. We could. Not every night. We finish a furniture. Golly. All right. We'll have to have conversations about this. This is why Cole and I don't have hobbies together. But honestly, okay, we could have. Because literally both of us are like, "Mm, no. But we could have hobbies in proximity to each other. So if you like refinishing stuff and maybe I like wood burning art, that's both things that would be happening in the garage. That's true. So we could do something that like we're both in the garage. We have our workshop there. We turn on podcast music or just talk and we both do our own things that are in proximity to each other that aren't watching a TV, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm thinking I'm going to get Leah PC and we can video game together. We can try that. No. Leah says no. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to think about that, but that, I like that idea. That'd be a worthy investment in our time to try we'll to, to think on it. I just said no, and it made me think of the fact that Callum, almost only word he says most of the days is no. 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 And, it's and so- he says it in different ways. Like, Callum, do you want to put these socks on? No. Or, Callum, do you want, are you done with lunch? No. Even though he is. Um, yeah, he's just, he just constantly says no. Callum, do you want ice cream? No. And he'll walk a turn away from you and say, no. I'll say, all right, Calm, love you, bye. And he'll say, no. But it's so funny because you can kind of like, and you can have fun with it and be like, do you think mommy loves you? And you'll be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You can bait him into questions that are for your enjoyment. Because you know the answer. It's going to be no. Yeah. No matter what you ask him. It's hilarious. All right. Well, that was a oh, long Oh, and Asher. Oh. 
Asher does this thing right now. He goes, shoo, shoo. So he shoos us away. If I walk into the room and Cole's playing with Asher, then Asher turns to me and goes, shoo, shoo. It doesn't matter if he hasn't seen me all day. If I walk in the house and I'm like, hi, boys. And he's shoo, shoo, shoo. And he shoos me with his hand in his mouth. And then yesterday, he shushed me. Yeah. What was that about? Um, I'm trying to remember. I just know he went shush. We kind of like got honestly. You got like on. He like got up on the chair and you like got onto him about like don't touch that or don't do that thing. And he was like shh. And he like put his finger up and told me to shh quiet. And we didn't discipline him that time, so don't get mad at us because we're going to in the future. But it was the first time it's ever happened, and so Lee and I were both kind of taken aback by it and just both like bit our lips. Like, cause we trying not to laugh. Not yeah, trying not to laugh because it was hilarious. Like <laughs> the way he just shushed like that. And so anyway, then Lee and I talked after we're like, all right, we can't let that like him do that, him you do know. That, but, that but it was, was funny. funny the first time. So. <laughs> that feels like it happens a lot. You think it's really funny, but he's not supposed to do that. Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, that's all. That's all. We had a lot to say today. Yeah, we did. All right, that was a fun one. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully we'll do another one of these before three months. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Love you. Bye.